0: How do you get your voice out there as a writer? Not so long ago, this question had a single simple answer. You needed to be published. Sounds easy, right? But it wasn't. Submission guidelines, contest deadlines, and an endless mountain of rejection letters, is, is if you were lucky enough to receive them, awaited you on your writing journey. Now it's simpler. Online writing platforms abound. Each one offers writers another way to get their work out into the world and in front of readers. Each one promises a new wonderland for dreamers to get out there and earn the money they deserve. With so many platforms available, it makes you wonder, why aren't we happy? I'm Matt Hampton, and this week on Confessions of a Working Writer, we're diving deep into the promises and realities of online writing platforms. (laughs) A couple of years ago, a friend of mine turned me on to a writing competition hosted by the platform Medium. The contest consisted of writing on any of four themes, or you could write about all of them if you chose. At the time, I wasn't writing much. My work life had hit me with a ton of stress, and I was still trying to shrug off the idea that I needed to keep writing in the same style on the same topics as a popular blog I'd written and consequently shuddered. So the Medium contest seemed like a good idea was a way to shake it up a bit and get back to writing and it worked I mean I didn't win anything but I got back to writing in my voice about things I wanted to write about and people seemed to respond to it I posted more and more and then a short while later one piece I wrote about my comedic displeasure for writers who don't read gained momentum and qualified me for the medium partner program I had arrived writing again and now I would even make some money I mean, not a lot, but maybe enough for some groceries. For a couple years, that was enough for me. I got out of my shitty job, and joined a friend in building their branding agency, worked on my novel a bit, and wrote on Medium. People seemed to like and connect with things I wrote about writing, creativity, and the odd little comedic insights I have on life. Plus, I was making enough money for groceries and building an audience at the same time. But over time, it's honestly stopped feeling as good. New leadership at Medium has led to changes, as new leadership always does. Gone are the profile pics and the convenient bar at the top of the screen so I could see when writers I liked had written something new. Now I'm supposed to subscribe to emails for all of them in order to drive more distribution and somehow not explode my inbox? In the unlikely event those emails work at all. All the algorithm seems to select for me is rage bait, political bullshit, or an endless wave of personal development grind porn meditations on another 600 ways to make your second million dollars. Fewer people see my stuff, and money now covers a sandwich instead of all the groceries. Medium is no longer as much fun as it should be. But what had changed? Where had I read this one wrong? Was I not doing enough? Were the productivity gurus right? Did I need to spend my morning divining the best way forward from my metrics? Fiction and poetry writing had always been incredibly slow on that platform, but was I really going to have to dive hip-deep into a sewer of listicles to be a writer? Or was it something simpler? Had I just believed the same promises made in millions of marketing campaigns for companies that are, quote, making the world a better place by doing X, Y, Z, was there really... Something to these writing platforms that older world weary Matt saw, but internal little I made a dollar writing Matt wanted to blissfully ignore? And so here we are. I started researching this episode with a simple Google search writing platforms. Before I could really talk about this topic, I needed a better idea of just how many such opportunities were out there for writers. The answer is there are well over a hundred platforms out there promising places for writers to work. I say over 100 because that's where I stopped counting, and the list continued on and on well after that. Some platforms are little more than enhanced job boards for freelancers of all types, from copywriting to journalism to graphic design to jingle writing, of all things. Others are more focused on specific types of writing, such as journalism or academic articles. Substack offers writers a platform for subscription newsletters. Medium offers a place where writers can be discovered. But as different as all these seem, They all make the exact same promises to writers. Before we dive too deep, it's important to understand that online writing platforms are products of the tech industry. There's a language around tech, just like there's a language around food and bev. A special way of speaking, a shared mythology, a set of symbols used to communicate mission, vision, and value. Ask a chef or a server to describe a special, and you'll hear things like crispy skin salmon, miso honey sauce, and charred broccolini. These are words and language designed to elicit a response from a hungry diner. Ask a tech entrepreneur about their company, and you'll hear how they are disrupting, innovating, and making the world a better place. Language designed to make people feel good and appeal to investors. That language is so commonly used in the tech world that countless parodies of it exist. My personal favorite is the Pitch Competition episode of the HBO series Silicon Valley, where every speaker says they are making the world a better place via some mundane or ridiculously small technical step. Seriously, you should check that show out. Why do you need to understand this? Because it makes understanding where the somewhat empty promises of writing paradises come from. Aspirational language forms the basis of all promises made by these platforms, setting our expectation to impossible levels. Just listen to their mission statements. Medium, for example, is to deepen readers' understanding of the world and to empower writers to share their best work and biggest ideas. Or how about this one? Help writers get published, reach readers, and get paid. That simile. And then finally, to build a new economic engine for culture. That is Substack's mission. All of these missions center on a key premise— Building a place where writers can ascend. Oh, they phrase it in different ways. Medium has the most flowery language, uh, with words like deepen and empower. Who and wouldn't want to be empowered. Simile's mission is a bit more direct. Substacks is oddly clinical, to be honest. And these promises go well beyond the mission statements. They are further fleshed out in a tempest of marketing materials, CEO interviews, and blogs for users. Promises of an ever-evolving Shangri-La become the norm. And now, and most writers, aren't cynical business analysts. we are really not. We're artists and humans. So we tend to believe these promises and buy into these visions. They all present the promise of a world where writers are published and paid. It sounds amazing. I've been doing this writing thing for decades, and money is honestly hard to come by. Writing a couple of pieces and getting paid for it sounds pretty good, especially when you don't need to go through some laborious submission process. What we need to remember is that these promises serve a purpose. Platforms like Medium, Simile, and Substack require a critical mass of users, and they need them to keep using the platform. That traffic is what drives subscriptions, ad revenue, and even serves as a gauge for growth. Users are how you secure investment capital and keep moving forward. I'm not saying the founders of the platforms don't want to build an idyllic writing world. I'm also not saying they do. Hell, I don't know what any given individual is thinking on any given day. But the truth is that promises and business realities often clash. A glorious utopia where writers can do anything and everything they want while earning a living wage and laboring at their leisure. It's a nice dream, but it's not profitable for any company, so it's not happening. And it is this grim truth that leads writers to become disillusioned as the reality of online platforms hits them. Despite all of the promises made by these platforms, a dreadfully banal norm seems to strike them all. The quick rush of joining a platform and building momentum sooner or later becomes a dull hum of monotony in production. It's the nature of the content economy. We want lots of stuff, and we want it now. No amount of promises will change the nature of this beast. Platforms are in the business of generating traffic. Sometimes it's for ad revenue. Others aim to sell subscriptions. The ends may vary, but the means are almost always the same. Find the content that metrics suggest people want, then push that content on overdrive to maximize results. Enter the great writing about Medium phenomenon. Despite the fact that Medium, a platform, has publicly stated on multiple occasions that pieces about the platform itself won't be boosted or promoted, they are everywhere. Some of the biggest followings on Medium are rooted in talking about the platform itself. It makes sense. When you show up to something new, you want to know how to succeed. You want to know how it works. So you look those things up. The algorithm registers all of these pieces you look at and opens the floodgates for you. Other writers see this. They see it reflected in metrics. They see it reflected in followings. So they create to take advantage of the trend that never ends. Soon, writing about writing on Medium becomes one of the biggest niches. Fuck fiction writing. Put poetry in the trash can. We want to make money, and we want content that tells us how to do that. For writers on this platform, it makes it tough. Do you write the things you want to write and experience lower numbers? Or do you do the dance with the devil to pump them up? Secure in the idea that you will only do it for a while, and then you'll jump right back to your work. You promise. Many writers make this switch and never come back. So now the landscape is full of meta pieces that make me want to do anything but look at the site. Seriously, my sock drawer has never been more organized. And I know this sounds funny from a guy who writes about the craft of writing and hosts this podcast. Where the hell do I get off? But remember, I'm just exploring ideas and sharing thoughts on the craft of writing. I don't have any success secrets. Hell, I'm a founding member in one business and a partner in another for my money, a huge advocate of writers finding day jobs. The fact is that platforms use algorithms, and regardless of lofty promises, they are legally bound to create value for their stockholders. And I understand their position. It's not pure greed on the part of founders and CEOs. They're trapped by legal obligations to drive stockholder value. There's just no way out of it, unless you want to get fired by the board. But the result is often platforms creating an endless cycle of garbage content aimed at the insecure, scared, and naive. I'm not going to pretend I'm Superman here, though on occasion I do pretend I'm Batman. Who doesn't? But I try not to use my writing to exploit others. One, it makes me feel terrible about my existence. And two, it leads to this kind of writing wasteland that no writer and certainly most readers don't want. We've just become addicted to it, like Big Macs and shouting at each other on social media. But the hellscape of empty content isn't the only reality hit. Toxic reciprocity is another phenomenon we see on these platforms. It's the logical outgrowth of trying to game algorithms. When likes, claps, comments, shares, and whatever other engagement tools the platforms have devised are used as the basis for expanding reach, you incentivize writers to pursue them. This often leads to a sort of gatekeeping mentality posing as community. Either like stuff and actively spend hours of your day driving traffic for others, or perish alone in platform oblivion. Rage bait and other toxic crap is also amplified. As humans, we've developed a keen interest in things that enrage us, and there are creators out there firing us up. Stunning resurgences of public racism, fascism, theocratic tyranny, homophobia, transphobia, toxic masculinity, misogyny, and all the garbage of the world are the result. The internet made less safe because money oh and let's not forget the mass marketing efforts and use of the platform as sales funnels most success careers will talk about affiliate marketing in the same glowing language used in mlm brochures if you love a product you'd recommend it right i mean sure i mean i love star wars i recommend it to a lot of people but usually only in appropriate contexts i've never for example attended a friend's mother's funeral and said you know and make this awesome yoda By the way, I'm autistic with a deep fixation on Star Wars. Ask my partner. I could drive you to drink during these conversations. So if I think affiliate marketing is a bit much, there's an issue. These and many other issues abound in the reality of writing platforms. Often they chase us away. Many writers I know have outright given up on their dream because they are told these platforms are vital. And so many of them devolve into garbage. Instead of places where writers can experiment, grow, flourish, and connect, they become shopping malls in the marketplace of ideas, complete with the annoying kiosk sales reps mugging you on your way to an Orange Julius. We need to remember a simple lesson. These are products. All of them. Truth is, the more the platform promises to do the work for you, the less likely it is to pay off. So just where is this promised land for writers? Can we find it online, or do we need to search for it in the world like some forgotten temple, Indiana Jones and the Golden Gate to writing paradise? Maybe looking for paradise is the wrong thing to focus on. These questions above don't really have good answers. It seems that writing utopias are as illusory as all utopias. Unsurprising, given the fact that the Greek origin of the word utopos means no place. Perhaps the real question we need to ask ourselves is, why do we write? It's the most basic thing of what we do the purpose, the why, the true north, all of that self help jargon. But it's important to know why we do what we do. It develops a pattern to our behavior. It can help us understand why we're drawn to these platforms. Are we doing this for fame? Hoping that someday our books will be in every household library and our name will be spoken in reverent tones among bookstore and library shelves? Maybe we'll even be the great writer of our age, a public intellectual so beloved that anything we say or write is sure to draw people by the millions just to catch our scraps. Like, if you're doing this for fame, you need to look at the world again. Writing hasn't been a great path to fame in my lifetime. You're better off pursuing pop stardom or becoming an actor. Professional athletes are quite famous, as are politicians. But writers are mostly known to other writers. A few have reached grand heights of fame, but most of us live larger lives in our own minds than in the world around us. Are you doing this for money? Honestly, I'd hoped this idea about getting rich with writing would have died already. But it hasn't. Fueled by content creators and coaches who amass wealth by promising the world to insecure writers, there is a strong and endless wave of blogs, podcasts, and videos sharing the secrets to wealth, which often involve paying the teacher some money and then doing things you probably could have figured out yourself. Writing is a poor way to become wealthy. Writing platforms are probably one of the worst ways to pursue this bad idea. They encourage conformity and chasing trends in order to keep up with the pack. Online writers are generally a pretty risk-averse crowd. That's why selling courses and services to guarantee success works so well with this demographic. But it's also why we see the same things repeated, because stepping out and doing your own thing is a big risk for no money and the hit to self-esteem that you're going to take. Even if we write for ourselves alone, or tell ourselves we do anyway, the temptation of writing paradise is incredibly powerful. Pursuing a dream, even for the most idealistic of reasons, is a tough road. If there is even the vague suggestion of a coming dawn, we get excited. There's nothing more human than to pin your hopes on promises floated by people who seem like they know what they're doing. And there's nothing more human than than to experience anger and lash out at at those people who broke the same promises. But let me ask you something. Is it really the fault of the platforms for using inspiring language and mission statements and marketing materials? Or is it our fault as writers for expecting someone to do our work for us? So many of us linger on these platforms, giving them our work for pennies and participating in the endless cycle of joy and sadness on Medium, Simile, and ReadMyShit.com. When we do well, we sing the praises of our community and humbly brag our way along. When we do poorly, we go after the algorithm and bemoan devious goings-on, revealing our lack of knowledge of corporate governance and computing at the exact same time. Our opinion of these platforms is fickle because we feel that promises made were broken. We're not rich enough, famous enough, and our audiences are not big enough. And for all our glorious songs of most damning venom, what do we get? Nothing. Platforms remain the same. Maybe we're looking for too many shortcuts. We're all just a bit too eager to find the magic formula for success. It's why we spend so much time with our noses buried in every productivity tome and writing Bible out there. It's why we forgo our own original thoughts and instead try to write to please the mysterious entity known only as the market. And it's why we keep coming back to writing platforms again and again, repeating the same steps but expecting different results. Platforms promise us a better writing life that they simply can't deliver. And we buy it. Every time. What does that say about us and why we're really writing? Look, I've never pretended I have the secret answers to this writing life. No way in my long history of writing and recording can you find me offering you the secret to success. I don't have it. I don't know it. I'm not sure anyone does. not a famous writer, a guru, or even a platform. But I do know this. This writing life is a lot better if you live it your way. Stories and poems are a lot better when we create the ones we want instead of leaning into market research and metrics. Time on this planet and time in the military has shown me that you get exactly one shot at this life and it's often far too brief. So why are we wasting it trying to please some algorithm? Why are we chasing titles instead of doing work we love? Why are metrics on a little screen so much more important than our dreams? I don't have the answers to any of these questions either. Honestly, you need to do that for yourselves.